Hey everybody, this is Brent Kellogg, the pastor of Hillspring Church in Sand Springs, Oklahoma. And this is our podcast. Thanks for taking time to join us today. Our prayer is that this would inspire you, build your faith, and help you take the next step in Christ. Enjoy the message. Folks watching online, just because of all the craziness going on with COVID, I'm glad to have you today as well. Continue our series called The Blessing. I'll talk more about that. But just thinking about what's going on in our community, and we get the honor and the opportunity to work with our city officials and folks. We've been in some phone calls this week in conversation. And I just, I kept coming back to this verse. And actually in John chapter 14, Jesus makes this point twice. He says it in verse 1. And he comes back and reiterates it in verse 27. He says, listen, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. We need peace today, don't we? 2020 needs some peace. Amen, everybody? Then he goes on to say this, and the peace that I give you is a gift the world cannot give you. Like, if you're a follower of Christ, if you have the living, breathing spirit of God in you, you have something the world doesn't have and something the world can't give you. The world can't give you peace in the midst of COVID and pandemic and all that. And then he says this, so don't be troubled or afraid. And I just fear not, you know what I'm saying? I just, that's the word I just want to speak to you if you're home this morning. And there's some folks watching this morning I haven't seen since March. I've talked to them, I haven't talked to them. They haven't had the chance to come gather and worship with their church family it's March. And so I'm just telling you, fear not. You got peace. You don't have to take it by faith sometimes. But fear not. Don't let your heart be troubled. Amen, everybody? And maybe the blessing we're going to talk about today is time just right for you in your situation. Maybe it's time just right for our current COVID situation. In this series, what we want to do is we just want to take a look into Scripture and look at places where God's Word calls forth a blessing for our lives. Okay, and, and if you want to go catch up, like our first Wednesday where I set the whole foundation for this, that's up on our podcast and on our YouTube page. Then last week we talked about the blessing of walking in unity because there's some folks, oh, you're preaching on the blessing of God, right? They might focus solely on the blessings of God that are in Scripture and completely ignore the obedience. And that's a dangerous place to be because as I've discovered in my whole life in walking with Christ, Blessing follows obedience. And the place where God commissions a blessing, the place where God calls a blessing on our lives, those places are hard to walk into. And so last week we talked about the power of a blessing that comes when brothers and sisters dwell together in unity. Psalm 133, he says, there I'll pour out my blessing. That's not always easy to walk in unity. The blessing I'm going to look at today is found in James chapter 1. So if you have your Bible... You can open it up to James. We'll put the words up on the screen for you, or maybe you want to turn it on. And I'm going to use a lot of different translations. Normally, I I read out of two. I read out of the New King James, and then I use the New Living Translation. I discovered it back in 2001, and it just really brought to life Scripture for me. But as I've studied this, I spent a lot of time in the languages this week or, or, or looking at how the language translates things. And I looked at a lot of different translations. I... I get geeked out by that stuff, so my apologies. So the first verse I'm going to put up, I'm going to put up in what's called the English Standard Version, or ESV. We'll come back to the New Living in just a second. James chapter 1, verse 12 says, blessed, that's what I'm after. I want to walk in the blessings of God. I know that's not always easy, but blessed is the man who remains steadfast 
under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life which God has promised to those who love him. Today I want to talk about the blessing of steadfast. The blessing of just being planted. I want to say it another way too. The blessing of staying focused on what God has for me. I believe this is where God in all of his supernatural wisdom uniquely takes human psychology and human behavior and, and the natural blessing that comes along with that, and then he pours out spiritual blessing on that. Meaning, if I will do what God's word tells me to do, if I engage in this behavior, there are very natural byproducts that will come from that. I can explain those in our lives, right? And then when we do what God's word tells us to do, God's ways work every time, and those natural behaviors or those natural blessings come to our life, then and there he pours out a supernatural blessing that sometimes I cannot explain. This morning, I want to talk about just living a steady, a steadfast, a planted, a focused life. And the first natural benefit that if I will do that comes right there in James chapter 1, verse 12. Now I'm going to borrow the New Living Translation. It says, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. When I live a focused and steadfast life, when I live a life with intentionality and purpose, it does something. First thing it does is it helps me fight temptation. Focus helps me fight temptation. Can I be real with y'all this morning? Okay, guess not, right? I'm going to talk to this side for me. I'm going to be real. I'm going to get real transparent here. I'm going to take that mask off, right? German chocolate cake is a temptation for your brother. You know what I'm saying? Let's just get, we're going to have church. Might as well not be lying up in here. It is a sweet and delicious adversary to my genes. You know what I'm saying? But there are those times that I try to live the um, not-so-fluffy lifestyle, you know, where I'm trying to exercise on a routine, and I'm trying to minimize the sweets I take, and I'm trying to stay steadfast in that pursuit. And German chocolate cake is a temptation. And don't, don't none of y'all, none of y'all be bringing that to me next week. It don't help nothing, right? Because I'm going to eat it. But the focus of my pursuit minimizes the enticement in my life. Same can be said about focus in our life, right? When my life is centered on all that Jesus has called me to do, what all that Jesus has for me, when I'm laser focused on that purpose that Christ has called me to, and then something comes along that can tempt me, something comes along that can derail me, listen, it's still a temptation, y'all. It is still, there is part of this little dark side in me that would love to get all up in that mud and get all messy. But the focus on my target is bigger than the force of the temptation. This was true for Jesus. In Luke chapter 9, he had established his ministry, he'd been preaching the gospel, he had collected his followers and his disciples, and it was time to start the journey towards the cross. Okay? Luke chapter 9, verse 51, it says, as the time drew near... And some of the translations you'll see in a minute say, and now it came to pass. Well, the time drew near for him to ascend to heaven. But a lot would have to happen between him where he was and actually ascending into heaven. Jesus resolutely, he steadfast, set out for Jerusalem. Now he would go on in, in Luke chapter 10 and 11 and 12. He would go on and he would heal a lot of people. He would travel through a lot more towns and villages. He would teach more kingdom principles. He would tell some pretty interesting parables. Finally, in Luke chapter 19, 
Ten chapters later, there's a lot of story in those ten chapters. Jesus would finally arrive in Jerusalem at the triumphant entry where they're celebrating and they're cheering him on. But in Luke chapter 9, he had to start the process. And so he resolutely, with laser focus, set his face towards the cross. Let me read it to you in the New King James. Now it came to pass when the time for him to be received up. And that means that after Jesus had gone and healed all these people and taught all these people and fed all these people, and then he was arrested, he was put on trial, and he was crucified on a cross, and he laid in that tomb for three days, and then he resurrected from that tomb, and then he walked and talked with his disciples and said, it's true, I'm the Messiah, I'm really here. He did all those things. Then he ascended up. The last thing that Luke talks about in his gospel, in Luke chapter 24, is that Jesus was ascended up into heaven. And now it came time for him to be received up. But there was still a lot that had to happen on that way. He says, he steadfastly. That's the word I'm after this morning. He just, he focused. He planted himself. He steadfastly set his face on Jerusalem, on his mission. We get ourselves in trouble when we live without a target. Distractionless lies lead to diverse temptations, right? What happens is we, we trade in direction for distraction. We start getting distracted and, and we lose focus and we're not steadfast and we're not planted and we're chasing this, we're chasing that, and we're chasing this, we're chasing that, and, and all of a sudden this starts to feel pointless and life feels purposeless, and, and, and what's the point? There is something to be said about a steadfast life that is laser focused on the things that God has called and created me to do and when I do that, are temptations going to come? Yes. Is German chocolate cake still good? Heaven help me. Yes, it is. But living with life in focus, it helps me fight those temptations. If that makes sense, say amen. Secondly, this second natural thing that comes along when I live a steadfast life is focus helps me be effective. Now, this is a business principle. This is a leadership principle. In, in the world I live in, in, in church leadership, and the podcasts I listen to, and the conferences I go to, and the books I read, and all that stuff about how to have a healthy church and a healthy culture, this is talked about constantly in that world. Because churches live under this pressure to make everybody happy. And in the end, nobody's happy. Okay? Businesses do the same thing. We try to do too much, and we end up not doing anything well, and so it just leads to frustration and no effectiveness. In the book of Proverbs, which is an Old Testament book of wisdom, meaning it's full of great advice. And if you will follow that advice, whether you're a Christian or not, whether you're a Jesus follower or not, if you follow the advice that is found in the book of Proverbs, I'm telling you, life will go well for you. Because it's a really wise book. It's, to me, it's amazing when you read or hear psychologists or therapists, and they think they've discovered a new psychological principle, only discover that, ah, oh, dang, that's been in the Bible for thousands and thousands of years, right? Proverbs chapter 4, the book of wisdom, verse 25. Look straight ahead, fix your eyes on what lies before you. I just want to call that focus. That's a steadfast life. Look straight ahead, fix your eyes on what lies before you. Straight ahead before you. Verse 26, mark out the straight path for your feet and then stay on that path. Stay on that safe path. God has a calling and God has a purpose for you. 
not just missionaries, not just pastors, not just youth pastors. We all have been called. We all have been given an ordained purpose by our God and our creator. God has a calling and a purpose for you. But you know what? So does everybody else. Your dentist has a purpose for you. Your credit card company has a purpose for you. Now that purpose might benefit you in the short term. Ooh, I got the thing. I've been wanting the thing. And I put it on the credit card and I got the thing. And so it benefits you in the short term. But for them, it's going to benefit them in the long term because you're paying 37% interest. Phone makers, they have a purpose for you. Their purpose is to get you to buy one of their phones every few years. Have mercy. God has a purpose. God has a target for you. So does everything and everybody else around you. I know temptation's not new. Clearly, I'm, I'm reading ancient text. Even Adam and Eve, the first two humans created, they faced and dealt with temptation. I know there are other opportunities that are pulling on us. That's not unique to this year. Matter of fact, this year probably simplifies some of that because a lot of those opportunities are closed. Listen, just because I can do something doesn't mean that I should do something. There are a lot of amazing, a lot of fun, a lot of exciting opportunities that are going to come my way. The problem is, if I say yes to all of them, it steps me off my path. It gets me distracted from what's going on over here. It gets my eyes off of the target. And when I take my eyes off of the focus, it's easy, it's easy to lose my effectiveness. So I, I go over here and I work for a little bit and get this up and, and going. And then, oh, I see something over here needs to be on. So I go start back over here. And, oh, that's bad. You know, am I describing anybody's life right now? Don't amen too loud. We know who you are. And so I'm over here working on this. And then I go back over this. Listen, this, is, this is me. You know what I'm talking about. I was ADD before ADD was cool, right? You don't believe me. Just come on out to my garage. I will show you. I have 17 different projects going and this drives some of you crazy. You know how I know? It drives me crazy. And I'm the guy that can fix it. And I can't because I'm over here working on this. Oh, I've got to go fix on this and all this. When James says blessed is the one who is steadfast. If I'm going to make a contribution in my own generation. If I'm going to leave any kind of positive legacy for those who come after me. If I'm going to have any kind of effectiveness in my lifetime, I can't do everything. Matter of fact, there's only a few things that I'm going to be good at. There's only going to be a few things that I could pay for or that I can afford. There's only a few things that I even have the capacity to finish. But when I live steadfast, when I live resolutely, when I live focused on the high calling and the divine purpose that Christ has set before me, there. In that place, on that path, it helps me be effective. Some of you are going to use that on your fifth grader this week, trying to help them do math while they virtual, right? Like, you ain't ever going to send a mean email to another teacher. You know what I'm saying? Mama, what does steadfast mean? Go back to school. Figure it out there, right? Sorry. Focus, focus helps me fight temptation. That's a perfect example of me chasing rabbits. Okay? It helps me fight temptation. It helps me be effective. Thirdly, I'll say this. Focus helps me heal. And honestly, this is, this is the point of why I preach this message. This is probably the greatest blessing. And so there's natural things. It naturally helps me fight temptation. It naturally helps me to be effective. And there's a process of healing. But I think here we meet the supernatural work of God. 
that I focus on the purpose and the calling that he has for me. It helps me heal. I find it interesting, some of the English translations, and I told you, I was going to use a lot of different translations, and I was intrigued by this and how they translated this. When In James chapter 1, verse 12, where it says, blessed is the man. Some of those translations take that word blessed, and they use the word happy. Okay? Here's an example. Happy is the man who doesn't give in and do wrong when he's tempted. The man who does not give up when tests come is happy. The New Matthew Bible, that, that's an interesting translation. It's an interesting story that goes along with it. Happy is the man who endures in temptation. Happy is the man that endures in trial. Listen, I've been through a lot of temptations. I've been through a lot of trials. They do not make me happy. They don't, right? Now, temptations, like there's a short-term pleasure, but a long-term pain that goes along with that. But happy is the man that goes through a trial. I've been through enough trials. It, uh-uh, no. Right? It's interesting word choice. Because it's true. There is something about living a focused, steadfast life that will cause my mind to stop focusing on my past, stop focusing on my pain, and start focusing on my future potential. I have a friend who is a podiatrist. Not bragging. Fact. Means she works on feet and ankles. And many times she has patients who deal with chronic pain. Her definition, probably medical working definition, chronic pain is any pain that lasts longer than three months. And so I was talking to her, I said, so tell me about the impact of pain on the human brain. Because there's a lot of studies out there and a lot of information about if you've got pain, chronic pain in your hip or your knee or your ankle or your ears or, or whatever, it plays an impact on your mind, on your emotional health. And so she said, well, chronic pain, which is pain that lasts longer than three months, it, it will lead to high blood pressure. It'll, it'll lead to digestive tract issues. Many times, it leads to depression. These are her words. Pain steals happiness from people. Pain can bring on anxiety and depression. Pain can even cause social isolation. Just because I can't keep up. I can't keep up with the job I used to have or the activities I love to do or the friends that do those activities or all the variety of other things. Pain will cause me to socially isolate from things around me. And that's physical pain. But what about emotional pain? What about the pain that comes from, I made a bad choice 27 years ago. What about the pain that comes from something that was taken from me and I had no say? What about the pain that comes from loss or grief that I just cannot seem to get past? See, a podiatrist, they can do surgery. They can go in and and fix some tissue, and they can cut some things out or or whatever. We have physical therapy. We have pain management plans. But it's the silent pain. It's the emotional pain. I, I I can't touch anywhere and trigger the emotional pain. No place to go in and do surgery. That pain that I should be over by now, but I'm not. There's no physical therapy plan for that, for that emotional pain. Sure, there's medication, and sometimes it helps me just to feel nothing for a while. 
so I can let my body and my mind rest while my emotions heal. One of the best things you can do for both physical and emotional pain, and this is part of their pain management plan that they would give to somebody that is dealing with chronic pain, is have something bigger to focus on than your pain. I could always tell with my children the severity of their injury. One of two ways. If I offer candy and it stops the tears, we're good, right? Or if I can make them laugh. If I didn't have candy, Goofy Dad has a gift of making kids laugh. Like they fall and skin their knee and a blow pop sucker changes the situation significantly, we're not going to urgent care. We probably weren't going anyway because I'm that dad, right? You know what I'm saying? So when Landon was three, he was, got pushed off a slide at his preschool and he broke his lawler bone. That's what he called it, his collarbone right up in there. He broke his lawler bone. The poor kid, when I came to pick him up, he was just in pain. And I got him home, and Jerry and I were talking about, what do we do? And, you know, I could get him to laugh for just a second, but then he would go back to crying again. So I knew we had an issue. So I had to take him to the doctor, and we took an x-ray. And then they put this brace. I don't know if any of your kids have ever broken their lawler bone before, right? But it, it was kind of like a backpack thing, but it was kind of this brace. And he had to wear it for, for a long time. And, boy, he'd strap that thing on, and he called it his pack pack. And I mean, he was walking proud, talking loud, and drawing a Look, Grandma, I've got my pack pack on, you know, because I broke my lawler bone, right? Paul says about the focus of helping with pain in Philippians 3. He says this. He says, brothers and sisters, like, I ain't got it all figured out. If you're hearing me say, hey, be perfect like me, that's, that's not what I'm saying. He said, I do not consider myself yet to have taken a hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what's behind. I forget the past. Can we be real? That's easier said than done, isn't it? Paul, do you know the pain of my past? Do you know how deep that wound is? Do you know how much that hurt? I, I wish I could go, all right, it's forgotten. <laughs> I mean, I wish I could just forget. I've been trying to forget for years, maybe even decades. And Paul says, listen, I used to be a bad guy. I used to persecute Christians. I was responsible for their arrest. Some of them I was responsible for their death. I was a part of a very heavy, broken religious system that only locked me up in powerless chains. I've even run from all of that. I've done all that I can do to forget those mistakes, to forget the heaviness, to forgive the guilt I feel with that. Let me tell you how I did it. Brothers and sisters, I don't consider myself yet to take a hold. I ain't perfect. Don't hear me say, hey, I'm perfect. I'm still wrestling too. But he says, one thing I do, this one focus, this one steadfast principle, I'm steadfast on this, forgetting what's behind. And then he talks about how he does that. Because there's things in my life, there's a dark air in my life, I would love, love, love to forget. And this is what he says. Forgetting what is behind, how I do that is I'm straining. There's work there, there's stress there, there's struggle there. I'm pressing, I'm straining towards what is ahead. It means I gotta get up and push through some pain but I'm straining for what is ahead. I press on. There's struggle there too. Not just I lollygag on, not just I, you know, but he says, listen, I have to make the choice to press on through the pain 
to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I focus on the life. I strain, I stress, I press. It's work, but I get up every day and I put my shoes on and I get up every day and I stress towards the high calling and the prize that God has for me in Christ Jesus. And when we can settle into a focused life, this one thing I do, I forget the past and I focus. I forget the stuff. I say no to all the distractions. This one thing I do, I focus. There are natural, logical benefits that come into play. Like, help me fight some sin. Like, help me stay up. Help me. But then I think God looks down and he sees somebody that's learned some stuff. And he sees somebody, well, I can trust that one. I can trust that one. But I can tell this one's not going to waste that moment. He's looking for a man. He's looking for a woman. You're someone who is focused enough to learn how to grow and walk in the anointing. You're someone who's focused enough that will finish the race I have set before them. And there, James 1.12 says, blessed is the man. Blessed is the natural benefits that come along, but I also believe that God pours out the supernatural on our lives. And I knew this moment this morning might be heavy. I wish I had the time to just tell you, a lot of you know my story, but there was a season in my life where there was something in the past that I just could not forgive, I could not forget. Oh, I was praying, oh God, I want to forget. I'd read that, I'd read that, I'd memorize that verse. Lord, I want to forget. 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 Some of you, it was a choice you made years ago. It was something that was taken from you a long time ago. It was grief. It was pain. It was loss. You can't reconcile in your mind. And you read that and you're like, I would love to forget. I would love for that just to be erased out of my memory. And I'm here to call you this morning to a level of just focus. Because I believe when you can do that, God's going to supernaturally bless you. I believe all across this room, and even folks that are watching online this morning, there is this dark spot in your heart. There is this pain that you ought not speak of, and you don't want to go there, and it still haunts you, and it still drags you down. And honestly, it derails you. Pain is one of the biggest derailers in our life. I believe God sent me here today to tell you He wants to help you focus. Here's the supernatural part. That pain, that dark spot, in his hands, if you'll let him. Romans 8, 20, says all things, not just the good things, the bad things too. The abuse, the death, the grief, all things can work together for those that love God and call to I was just praying for this service. I was praying for this message. I was just, I believe, I believe the Holy Spirit's here. I believe his healing power is here. I believe this morning he wants to just gently put his thumb on that dark place. So you can turn your eyes off of the pain and onto the purpose. 
I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there's a couple of things I want to invite you to do. First, hit the subscribe button. That way, you won't miss a single episode. Secondly, if this message has impacted you and you would like to help us reach others, visit our website at hillspring.tv and hit the Give Now button so that we can take this message around the globe. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.